Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, and no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Which is born of the, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, Ye must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh, and whither it goeth, so is every one that is born of the Spirit. Thank you, and you may be seated. Pastor. Amen. All right. Looking forward to that section of Scripture this morning. And, uh, and uh, so if, if you noticed, our guest preacher wasn't able to come today. I got a text from him yesterday that his wife fell ill, and so uh, we uh, you're stuck with me today. Sorry if you came like revved up for something else. Well, here we go. So no, <laughs> so anyway, be in prayer for the for the preaching, if you would please, and good to see everybody here. Continue to pray. We're praying for Brother Neil is healing up, and Neil and Judy and Jana are not here, and he's still the the surgery went well, and the hip surgery went well. And uh, so we're continuing to pray for him. And, of course, the Morleys are down in Texas. We'll pray that they can find a way out of there and get back. And uh, so be in prayer for them as well. And, of course, Barbara is still up and down. And I noticed Jack's not here today. And continue to pray for them, if you would. So uh, a lot, lot going on here. So let's just take a moment to pray, not only for those, but especially, of course, we're going to pray that we get tuned in and just kind of dialed in for the for the message coming up here in just a minute. So let's pray, and I'll close this up here in just a second. Father, we're thankful today that you're in control of everything and that you do all things well. And uh, we look forward to this uh, service today and the, for, the, for the preaching and for the message that you have for us today. And Lord, we just ask you that you would do that work that only you can do in our hearts and that 
we would do what only we could do is in being receptive and alert and attentive and, and intentional of receiving what you have for us today. Uh, Lord, in doing that, would you would you remove distractions today that whatever we brought in or whatever is out and around and about us, Lord, you'd remove those distractions, please. Uh, would you bind Satan, please, and, and any opposition to your word that would come about, uh, Lord, that nothing would hinder it, uh, not only that nothing would hinder it getting out and the preaching of it, but also nothing would hinder uh, us receiving and the work being done in our own heart and lives. We ask you to do that today. Pray for those that are not with us today. We lift them up and ask you to, to, to heal their bodies and bless them, those that are vacation, that you give them traveling mercies on the way home. And Lord, you just do a work in those lives. And we thank you for what you're doing and thank you for what you will, that you are going to do and that we're confident in that. Lord, we just come to you today and ask if there's uh, anybody here that's never been born again of the Spirit of God, that today, uh, Lord, you'd make it plain that your Holy Spirit would draw, whether they're here in person or watching online, uh, Lord, that your Spirit would draw and help them to see their need of the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, we thank you for that and we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Stand one more time before the pastor comes and turn to page 234. Page 234. Let's do all verses.
comes to my mind the blind guy I don't know <laughs> all I know is I didn't see and now I do <laughs> I can't exp- there's a lot we can't explain and there's so much we don't have to explain and uh, I think it was Adrian Rogers one times one time said uh, you can say I don't believe in apple pie all you want but I've had it and I believe it <laughs> and it's good right and you can say I don't believe in God all you want and that's okay uh, I've met him and I know him and uh, you can't deny that. So, and thank you for that. Yep. All right. Uh, there's a saying we've all heard it. I know we have. Those who are born once die twice. And those who are born twice die once. Right. Amen. And so we want to look today. I want to look today. How is a person born twice? And you say, well, I already know how that happens. Well, maybe you'll be equipped because maybe God's going to put somebody in your path this week that you're going to be able to give the gospel to, and this will help you out. And uh, and we're going to look at this here in John chapter 3. Jesus has, of course, been in his ministry, and and here comes by night this this Pharisee, this, this uh, man Nicodemus has shown up uh, to ask Jesus some questions. And a uh, very interesting private meeting that's going on here. And uh, we're given two insights to this man Nicodemus, and Brother Jim has re- read our text here. If you notice, there was a man uh, of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. So if, he was a Pharisee, we know that. But that term ruler of the Jews many times had reference to being on the council of the Sanhedrin. So if you want to say it this way, he was at the top of the top of the religious authority in Israel. He had a lot of authority. There's about 6,000 Pharisees at the time. The Pharisees were rabbis also. They were rabbis. They were teachers of the Jewish law. And they dedicated themselves to keeping what is called the codified law. You say, well, what on earth is that? There's a lot of detail I can get into here. And I think some of it matters. I'm going to give you some of it because I want you to see where this person Nicodemus is coming from. He's not just the person in, quote, as it said, quote, the person in the pew, okay? And, and that, uh, one of these days we'll go back to Ephesians 4 and there's no such thing as just a person in the pew. But that's how we know these things. He's not just a person in the pew. He is uh, uh, at the very top of top of the religious world. Um, they had dedicated themselves to this law. What was the, the codified law? Well, what it was was the scribes took the Pentateuch, which is the first five books of Moses, right? Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. And they took those and they interpreted what the law meant and really how it is to be lived out on day-to-day life. Okay, so here's an example. The Bible says, we know uh, over in Exodus, it says, Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. And so what these, what these uh, Pharisees would do 
is they would take that, it's very direct, it's very simple, and the scribes would come along and they would take, took this command and they wrote, from what I have read, they wrote over 24 pages, or uh, chapters, I, should, I guess I should say, on what this really meant and how it was to be obeyed. Remember the Sabbath day, keep it holy. 24 chapters on how to live this out. I'm telling you, these people were intense. They were, they were, they were uh, very in, uh, intense on what was called the codified law. They did it with all the five books of the Pentateuch, and it was compiled in what, uh, one, one work that we would call the Mishnah. Now, this is the book that Nicodemus lived by as a Pharisee. Not just the five books, but the expanded, right, and how to live the five books. And it, would, it outlined how Nicodemus, well, let me use this word, performed his religion. It was a performance. But so we see this. He's a Pharisee, right? It was his, it was his job to make sure the, the people stayed dedicated to the Mishnah. But not only was he a Pharisee, but he was on the council of the Sanhedrin. This was an ancient assembly of about 23, anywhere from 23 to 71 rabbis appointed to sit on this tribunal in every city in Israel. And they were Pharisees, right? They were the supreme religious body. They were the final authority on all Jewish law. And anybody who would go against the decisions of the Sanhedrin were, could, could be very well put to death. And so watch this. Not only does Nicodemus know the law, but he's responsible to keep the law and to protect the law. Right? He's way up there. Don't miss this. Oh, don't go by this. He's way up there. This is the guy that comes to Jesus by night. This is the one the Pharisees have already rejected Jesus. The Pharisees have already had problems with what Jesus was doing. And this guy comes to Jesus at night. And notice how he addresses him here in verse 2. The same came to Jesus by night. He didn't want to be seen by the other uh, Pharisees and, and, and those on the Sanhedrin, the other rabbis. He came to him by night and he said unto him, Rabbi. Now this is interesting. Because here, Nicodemus gives Jesus the same title of teacher that he himself has. No, listen, these Pharisees have already rejected Jesus. And here comes one of them, one of their own, that comes to Jesus and says, uh, Hey, Rabbi, <laughs> Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. You are a teacher come from God. Now, a rabbi had the responsibility of teaching the law. I told you that, right? He, he, they would speak in the temple. They were spiritual leaders. They were counselors and role models. So this great Pharisee has addressed Jesus, who is on one of the highest councils in Israel, has addressed Jesus as a rabbi, and he says, We know, I love that word, we there, what are we seeing here? Nicodemus was not alone in these views of Jesus Christ. They, he was not the only one with questions about this man, Jesus. We know that thou art a teacher, you're a rabbi, he called him rabbi, come from God. 
What's, what's that? He has authority. He is under, he is sent by authority. He has the authority of God over him. He's not this rogue, right, religious leader that's going out and doing his own thing. He said, we know that you're a teacher come from God and watch only God can do miracles. Look at this. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be for him. That, that God be with him. So this high up guy in the religious order of Israel is confessing that not only is Jesus a rabbi, a teacher, he not only is he under the authority of God, but he is also attesting that the miracles that he is doing are of God. This is why he's coming by night, friend. He couldn't just go out and blab this anywhere. He was coming to him by night. Notice how Jesus responds here in verse 3. And he says this, Jesus said, answered and said unto him, Verily, verily I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. What an interesting response that Jesus has. The Nicodemus comes and he says, We know you're a rabbi, we know you're a man of God, we know the miracles are of God, we know you are a sent of God, we know that. And Jesus says, Wow, tell you what, except a man be born again, he can't see the kingdom of God. That, does that seem a little disjointed to you of a response? <laughs> yeah. Can I remind you, Jesus knows everything. God knows it all. Watch this. He, he, this Nicodemus, he, he, wants to, he knows that Jesus is of God. But watch this. He, he's probably seen the miracles. Maybe he's heard him preach. He has seen what he sees, but there's something he can't see. Are you hearing me? The, the Pharisee, the, this Nicodemus, is seeing what he can see, but there is something that he can't see. He is coming to Jesus by night. Why? Because he wants to know more. There's something that he's not seeing. And Jesus says to his lack of vision, you can't see, essentially I'm adding words here, you can't see what you're trying to see because you haven't been born again. <coughs> Pretty radical thing to say, born again, to a Jew. It's a pretty interesting thing to tell a Jew, you need to be born again. Why? Because it was their original birth and their old birth, right, and their original name and their ancient lineage to the Jew of this time that solidified their security in heaven. It was their name that was everything. It was their connection to Abraham that was everything. The covenant, right? It came through Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. The birth, their birth meant that they were a part of the covenant. Watch this though. The covenant didn't save them, friend. It did not save them. Abraham was saved by faith just like everybody else. What did he do? The Bible says he believed God. And it was counted unto him for righteousness. Hey, listen, he didn't work his way through. It wasn't just because of the covenant. God made a covenant with Abraham, which was for land and for a lineage and for the promise of the Messiah. But he made a covenant with Abraham because he had a relationship with Abraham by faith. So Jesus, what he is saying when he said, ye must be born again, he is saying essentially your old birth and your old name can't get you into heaven. You've got to be born again. The family you were born into is not sufficient to make you right with God. Amen? 
Am I the only one awake? No. Thank you, Brother Jim. That's good. Your, listen, your, your name, your, your heritage, your background, your lineage, your religious background, it, can, it is not sufficient to make you make your eyes open and make you right with God. And so Jesus' response only sends Nicodemus really into some further confusion. Look what he says in verse 4. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter in second time into his mother's womb and be born? Well, there's those closed eyes thinking. There's those non-spiritual eyes. It's very logical, isn't it? I mean, if somebody says, well, you've got to be born again. Well, that doesn't make sense. I mean, could you imagine rolling through this guy's mind? What, is it, what does this all entail? What does this mean? Uh, it's pretty logical where, where Nicodemus goes. But look how Jesus answers him in verse 5. Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Well, what on earth does that mean? Born of water. There's a lot of ideas on that out there, you know. There's a lot of, there's a lot of doctrines, false doctrines built on this right here, Right? What, what, on earth, what is that referring to? Well, some say that water there is referring to baptism. Right. Except you're born of water. Right. Birthed of water. Right. You must, you, you, they say you've got to be baptized to be saved. Now, some say the water there is referring to the Word of God. Okay. And maybe we can look at these here just for a minute, though. But... Um, I guess the question for us is, is there anything in the Word of God that proves one of those two choices? What does it mean, born of water? Does it mean baptism? Of course, I mean, 99% of us in this room, most likely, or 100%, may very well know that that's not the case. Why? Because we know that baptism doesn't save. Amen? Baptism can't save. Why? We are sinners, and God is not. And the only way back to God is to have our sins removed. And we know this, water doesn't wash away sin. What can wash away our sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Amen. So water doesn't wash away sin. It's the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and the Bible says, Hebrews 9.22, and by almost, almost by all things are purged, or by the law purged by blood, and without the shedding of blood is no remission. So we know it's the blood of Jesus Christ. This can't be talking about baptism because water doesn't wash away sin. Leviticus 17.11 says, For the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it unto you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls. Listen now. For it is the blood that maketh atonement for the soul. So we know this. Water doesn't wash away sin. So maybe it's referring to the Word of God. The water of the Word. We know over in Ephesians 5, 26 and 7, it says that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water of the word, that he might present it to himself, a glorious church not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. There it is, the washing of the word. But this was written to believers. This was written about the sanctification process.
We are born again, and the moment we are saved, God begins a process of sanctifying us, of setting us apart, of making us like the Lord Jesus Christ. And how does He do that? He does it by the cleansing of the Word of God. He does it by the, the active work of the Word of God in our life. This cleaning is not to be saved. The cleansing of the Word is because we are saved. Right? Jesus said in John 15, You are clean through the Word which I have spoken unto you. So the Word of God is a cleansing agent to the believer. But if you go to Peter 1.23... It says, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. You said, well, there it is there. Hold on. We're we're getting there, aren't we, I think? You said, well, hold on. Here it is. There's the word of God. Right? We're born again by the word of God. But being born again by the word of God is not the same as uh, being... uh, Born of water. Now, I'm going to show you this here real quick. Context is very important here. The context. Which one is it? Are we born of water? No. Is the water referring to the Word of God here? Uh, no. Not in this context, it's not. Look at, look, at verse, look at verse 6. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of of the spirit is spirit. What is the connection? Well, water is connected to flesh. Yeah. And spirit is connected to spirit. Verse 5 and verse 6. Yeah. What happens when a baby comes? Swing wide the gates. The water is broke. Everybody is naturally born of the, who is born of the flesh comes by water. Yeah. Watch what Jesus is differentiating between. Watch, don't forget this. Who this guy is? This is listen, this this is a Pharisee who connects all of his righteousness with God, connects it to his physical birth. Right? Jesus is differentiating between two different births: the physical birth and the spiritual birth. Verse 5, Jesus, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. He is outlining two births. Right? Two births. The first physical one and the second is a spiritual one seems obvious to us we understand it i'm probably going over it way too much but to this pharisee it wasn't that obvious in order to come into a right relationship with god there must be a spiritual birth a spiritual birth you notice here in verse three remember what jesus was talking about he's talking about the kingdom He said, I say unto thee, verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. You're not born again into a church. You're born again into the kingdom. And so if if you're here this morning, and you, you have been born into a physical kingdom, this world, but the kingdom of God is spiritual, right? 
It's a different kingdom, right? Luke 17, 21, the Bible says, they, they, when they demanded of the Pharisees uh, uh, when the kingdom of God should come, he answered and said unto them that the kingdom of God cometh not with observation. You can't see it. Neither shall they say, lo here or lo there. For behold, the kingdom of God, look at, listen to this, is within you, Jesus says. Luke 17, 20 and 21. The kingdom of God is within you, right? Adam and Eve were created perfect and without sin. Their spirit was alive when they were created. They were able to have perfect communion with God. But the moment that sin came into the world, that spirit died. And that communion with God, it died. It changed. And it was gone away with. They didn't, well, they, the dying process physically started yes and they died when they hit in the 900s there or whatever but the spiritually immediately that spirit died and because of the choice of adam and eve everybody in this room everybody watching online everybody is is born with a dead spirit meaning nobody is born into the kingdom of god at their physical birth it was severed at the garden it was. We see it in the physical realm, don't we? Don't we? When somebody dies. We see that when somebody dies, that our relationship with them ends in a physical way. Why? Because they're dead. Right? But see, God is spirit. Yeah? And they that worship Him must worship it in spirit and truth. God is spirit. Sin killed our spirit, right? So it's not possible to be born right with God. Because we're just sinners born of the dead spirit. As it is written, there's none righteous. No, not one. There's none that understandeth. There are none that seeketh after God. It says in Romans chapter 3. Ephesians 2, 1. And you, though, when, we come, when we're born again, it says, You hath he quickened, made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins. Verse 5 says, Even when you were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ, by grace are you saved. So we've got to answer the question. If the kingdom of God is spiritual and we are born into the physical, how does the physical get into the spiritual? Let me say it this way. How, some, how is something that is dead, how is it made alive? Look at verse 7. Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. Marvel not. Don't let this mess you up. Don't think, don't, don't think, don't think it too deeply. Right? Don't be messed up by this. Ye must be born again. The only ones who can enter the kingdom of God are those whose dead spirits have been made alive. It's that simple. You notice, notice the word he used? Again. Born again. Why? Because it was, in the, it was in the design and the plan of God that we were all born with a live spirit. I, I believe if Adam and Eve had continued on, no sin entered in the world, we would have all been born just as they were created with the spirit that was alive. Yeah. But because that didn't happen, we were born with a dead spirit, and now it has to be born again. Why? Why again? Because to made like it used to be, like God intended it to be. Like God wanted it to be. Like it was in Adam and Eve. Born again. Everyone born from Adam. Wherefore as by one man sin entered the world. Death by sin. And so death passed Paul all men. Because all. For that all of sin. Romans 5.12. Somehow life 
has to be placed, if you want to say it this way, into a dead corpse. You say, well, I'm alive. My body's alive. It's dying. It's dying. As the years go by, we become ever aware of that. Right? It's dying. Notice verse 9, would you please? Nicodemus answered and said, well, let me go back to verse 8. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but you can't tell whence it cometh and whither it goeth. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. It's not visible. It's not an outward thing. Watch. It's not joining a church. It's not baptism. It's not good works. It's not a catechism. It's not something that's visible. That is not how somebody is born again at all. Verse 9, Nicodemus answered and said unto him, How can these things be? Right? Just as you know the wind is blowing, he says, you know that the Spirit of God makes your dead spirit alive. Right? He says, how can these things be? Uh, You know, just as there was a day in your life and a time for your physical birth, listen to me, there is a day and a time for our spiritual birth. There is a day and a time. This, we're talking about a personal relationship with a living God. Right? God doesn't deal with humanity in a generality like the cults do. He deals with us one-on-one, individually. He draws you, and He draws you, and He draws everybody uh, individually. Although He draws all, it is all individual. He deals with us on an individual basis. So if there, if there was a day that you were born physically, there has got to be a day when you were born spiritually. But how? Would you jump down and look at verse 14? And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have ever, I'm sorry, but have eternal life. Lifted up. What does that mean? That word lifted up, it's referring to Calvary. It's referring to the, the means of the method of death in the Roman Empire when that, 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 that pole would be put up and that cross member would be put up there and they would raise them up, lift them up uh, to, to, for that crucifixion uh, process. He's going to be lifted up. All of God's wrath fell upon Jesus Christ. He is going to physically die when He is lifted up on that cross. But on the third day, He will physically walk out of the grave alive forevermore. Amen. And the Father, what happened? The Father accepted the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of sin. What does that remember when He came and John said, Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. Uh, Jesus, we saw just last Wednesday night, is the Lamb of God, Slain, slain from the foundation of the world. Watch, when Jesus died, when He shed His blood, what He was doing was offering His blood, just like all of the Old Testament saints were bringing to God the blood of, those, of their live little sheep and lambs and goats. They were bringing their blood. No, on this day on Calvary, Jesus, the second person of the Godhead, God Himself, was offering His own blood to the Father uh, for the atonement of sin sin. So what does this mean? No more blood of goats. No more blood of bulls. No more slaughtering of sheep. He brought His blood and the Father accepted it. Amen. What is hap- What Jesus is the sacrifice of God. 
Jesus is that sacrifice. Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, but he washed it white as snow. He was the one lifted up high and watched the blood, his blood is sufficient to wash away all sin of all mankind immediately. Power in the blood, amen. Watch this. And just like those Old Testament saints who believed what God told them, and because they believed them, what did they do? They brought their animals, and they shed the blood of bulls and goats, and they brought their sheep, and they sacrificed them. Watch this. And they brought them to God. Salvation is still the same today. It has never changed from the Old Testament to the New Testament. There's not different ways to be saved. It's all the same thing. We believe God, and we bring a sacrifice. Now, the Old Testament brought lambs and goats and things like that. But we don't. We come bringing Jesus, the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why he's still not on a crucifix, friend. Yeah. His blood, his blood was, his death was once for all. Amen. It's settled. And his blood was offered one time and it doesn't need to be offered again. But what we are doing is we are bringing the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ when we come before God. We are bringing that blood to him and offering that. We're believing on him. 2 Timothy 1.12 For I know whom I have believed. We just sang this song in this, this, this scripture and song today. For I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. I've said it over and again. Don't miss this in this verse. He didn't say, I know in whom I believed. He said, I know whom I believed. What is Paul saying? I believe Jesus. I know who I have believed. I believe him. Yeah. So what are we doing when we're bringing the blood of Christ unto the Father? What are, we, what are we doing? Well, we're believing what God said about His Son. Right? This is two times at His baptism and that transfiguration. The Father said, this is my beloved Son who I am well pleased. Hear ye Him. What are we doing when we're bringing the blood of Jesus Christ? We're believing what Jesus said about himself. We're believing what God said, the Father said about the Son. But secondly, we believe, here it is, what Jesus said about himself. But he say? I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. I told you about that young Mormon guy I was talking to several years ago. He said, I just kind of, I just kind of believe that there's, like, just like going to Springfield, there's all sorts of roads going to heaven. There's all sorts of ways. So that'd be wonderful if the Bible taught that, but it's not what it teaches. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Boy, you talk about exclusive. Yeah. So we believe what the Father said about the Son. We believe what Jesus said about Himself. Do you believe that Jesus is the only way? Amen. How many believe that? Amen. That's it. He's the only way. You believe that. We believe what God said about us. What has he said about us? Well, there's none righteous, no, not one. There's none that doeth good, right? We are all as an unclean thing. All of our righteousness is as filthy rags. How many believe that about themselves? Amen. Yeah. I tell you, I dealt with a guy not too long ago. And he just kept, all he could go back to, well, I'm not that bad. You know, I know I've been, I know I was kind of, I had my, I had my day and I sowed my wild oats. I know I did a lot of dumb stuff. Man, I've never, you know, I've never done. I mean, you can see his brain's cranking of all these horrendous things that he's never done. 
No, the problem is you were born with a dead spirit. You only do what you do is because you have a dead spirit. And the only reason you haven't done what somebody else has, hasn't done is maybe just because of the opportunity. But that's the point is your spirit's dead. Yeah. yeah. We don't seek after God. He seeks us. So what do we do? Yeah. We bring our sacrifice. We're bringing Jesus the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, we're bringing that as our sacrifice. We believe what God said about Jesus. We believe what Jesus said about Jesus. We believe what God says about us. right? And, we, and when we get to that place, when we believe God, the only thing that's left for us today to do is repent. What is repentance? Well, we change our mind. <clears throat> we, we had a bunch of information we used to live by and believe. Then all of a sudden, truth got presented to us. Now realize, you know what Nicodemus is having to repent from? Religious stuff. Wait, some of this is truth that he's having to repent from because he's putting his faith and trust in this this religious system and not in in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. There's a lot of people that need to repent of their religion. They need to change their thinking and they need to believe the truth of the word of God that has been been given to them. And when you do that, what will happen next is you will approach God confessing that, yes, I believe what you say about me. God, I believe what you said about the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe what you've said about yourself. And because I believe that, the only thing left for me to do is after this confession is to ask you, to put the blood of Jesus on my account because there's nothing else that can take care of my sin. Amen. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. It says in Romans 10 and 9, verse 10, it says, For the, mouth, for the heart man believeth unto, unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Look what he tells this Pharisee in verse 15, that whosoever, whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. That whosoever believeth in him. Aren't you glad here that salvation is not for those of Abraham's seed alone? God never intended that. It wasn't in the plan of God. Aren't you glad that salvation is not for those that are born into Christian families? Praise the Lord for that. Yeah. Why? Because nobody is born simultaneous, simultaneously born of the Spirit and born of the, born of the, born of the, born of the flesh. It's not possible. You know, this is why your Catholicism can't get you to heaven. This is why your Baptist parents can't get you to heaven. This is why your baptism can't get you to heaven. This is why your supposed gifts of the Spirit can't get you to heaven. This is why your whatever, fill in the blank, can't get you to heaven. The only thing that makes a wicked sinner right with God is the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. How do you know this? How are you so convinced of this? Look at verse 16. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son 
that whosoever believeth in Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. You know, if that's not true, we're wasting our time. I will posit this as well. If the whosoever doesn't mean whosoever and it's just God's elect and He's just choosing who He wills, I'm going to the house. What a pointless existence. What a fatalistic way to live. Yeah. Hey, if I'm not chosen, go. I'll, I'll go do whatever. Yeah. Here's the problem with that, friend. The Bible doesn't teach that. It's a doctrine of devils. Doesn't teach that. Whosoever will. Read an interesting quote by John Calvin himself on John 3.16. He contradicted himself later, which is why it's not really wise to hold to John Calvin. But he had a correct biblical view of John 3.16 that whosoever will may come. Yeah. And then he contradicted himself a few paragraphs down. Yeah. Whosoever, it's what it means. It's not that hard, friend. Whosoever. Whosoever. Yeah. Don't forget this. Who's Jesus speaking to? A Pharisee. A Pharisee who thought that only those with Abraham of their father were right with God. And Jesus told this Pharisee, oh, no, no, no. God loves the world. <laughs> Amen. And he sent his son Jesus. And if you'll believe Jesus, and turn to the Father and confess and repent and ask. That very moment you'll have eternal life. Yeah. Your dead spirit will be made alive. Can I tell you something? You'll know it. You'll know it. Yeah. And watch this. Hey, once that dead spirit's been made alive, there's nothing that can kill it. You say, why is, why is that? Because the sin that killed it the first time has been eradicated by the blood of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. If all of the sin has been taken care of, past, present, and future, what is there to come kill that spirit again? It's gone. I love it. Happy day. Yeah. Nicodemus had been born once. He'd born into, been born into a great lineage of Abraham. But it wasn't enough. It wasn't enough. And if, hey, if Nicodemus' birth wasn't enough, there's no way ours was enough. You want to see my family history? It's not that exciting. It only goes back a little ways, and then nobody knows where it goes from there. Well, that's a bummer. Right. Have you been born again today? No, have you been born again? Amen. Do you remember that day that you approached God? You and you alone. You and you alone, you knew it. The Spirit of God had been drawn. You'd been convicting. You knew something was wrong. You'd been given the gospel. You knew what, what it was to, uh, the, what the gospel was, that you were wrong with God. You, you were born in sin. You knew it. And you knew the only way back to Him was the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember that day you approached Him? I'm not talking about all the words and things like that. You know, hearts, I'm so glad God knows the words of our heart. Yeah. Man, but with your heart, you finally believed Him. You finally believed him. And you asked him. Remember that? I don't know how you asked him, but you asked him. You know what happened after you asked him? He saved you and you know it. Amen.
there's some that may be watching and the, the longer I travel this road that we travel the less I'm surprised at those who come later in life and get saved right? people say oh I didn't think they were hey listen I, I, I don't put anything anything just to to uh, to, to uh, I don't even know what the word I'm looking for right now is but anyway I, I don't take anything for granted there, there we go that'll work have you been born again have you been born again? It's the only reason, it's the only way you're going to find that rest you're looking for. Because Jesus Christ is our rest. Yeah. It's the only reason, it's the only way you're going to find it. It's in Him. Yeah. Not in your works, not in your religion, not in your lineage. Yeah. My granddaddy was a preacher. Big deal. Right. You've heard them all, haven't you? Yeah. You must be born again. Our Father, today we thank you for the simplicity of the gospel. We thank you for the simple words of the Lord Jesus. You must be born again. We thank you that whosoever will may come. It seems to me that it bears that if everyone is born with a dead sin, then everybody is able to come to have their spirit made alive. And you said, whosoever will. Father, there may be somebody in our midst that has never been born again. I don't know. Only you know. And if that's the case, your spirit is drawing them. We ask you to do that. We ask you that they come today and put their faith and trust in the person and the work of Jesus Christ. Father, maybe they're online watching. And today they need to put their faith and trust right where they are. Wherever they are, they need to stop and turn to you and put their face and trust in you. Lord, would you do that work today? And then, Father, would you help us as we stay equipped for those that you put in our life that need to be born again, that we would be encouraged and equipped today with the gospel that we need to give to those that are lost and dying without rest. That, we'd be ha- that we would have that answer of the hope that which lieth within us. Pray you to help us to do that. We thank you for the blood of Jesus. We thank you that our sins are forgiven. We thank you that we have a home in heaven. We thank you that you planned it all. We thank you for that. We ask all of these things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Stand with me if you would tonight. today. The instrument's going to play. How many can say, I believe, I believe Jesus is the Son of God? How many believe that? Yeah. Amen. How many can say, I believe Jesus was crucified, buried, and rose again the third day, walked out bodily alive? Amen. Amen. It's good. Yeah. How many can say, I remember the day that I approached God? Me and Him alone, I approached Him, and I confessed. Yeah, I believed, I believed Him. I believe that I was undone and I asked him to save me. How many believe that? How many remember that day? Amen. If you can't remember that day that you came to God personally, we need to get that settled today. Yeah. 
For who knows what may be on the morrow, for what is your life, it's even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and vanisheth away. I'm not trying to scare you, I'm just talking about a reality. We don't we don't have assurance of tomorrow. And when we die, it's too late. It's too late. Yeah. You say, but I love the things of God. Well, so did I when I got saved. I just hadn't been born again yet. You have friends and family that you know and have never been born again? You got those? Would you start again to get serious about praying for them? Getting audiences with them. They need the gospel. They need to be born again. Let's be closed in a word of prayer here in just a minute. So we'll be back tonight at six o'clock. And looking forward to looking forward to that tonight. So be back tonight and uh, we will be in the Bible somewhere. In the Bible, <laughs> and uh, be looking looking forward to that. I was at a a meeting years ago, and it was uh, the guy preached the seven habits of something or other. I'm like, anyway, yeah. Well, I've learned that those aren't really good preaching, so <laughs> it's better just preach the Bible instead of some some guy's self help book. That's for sure. Amen. All right, let's be closing a word of prayer today and uh, have a great afternoon. And uh, we'll, we'll see you tonight at 6 o'clock. Brother Allen, would you close us in prayer?